Is that it? Yeah, good. Great. Well, I feel very honoured, very privileged to uh, talk to you all tonight. You're all giving me lots of lovely smiles. That's what I like to see. That will help me. Um, just want to start off by reading you a little item that appeared in a recent church bulletin. A recent church bulletin. The sermon this morning, Jesus Walks on Water. The sermon tonight, Searching for Jesus. <laughs> Well, I'm not talking about either of those subjects. Phil's given me a lovely welcome. We're talking about praise as an occupant of the house. Now, being the worship pastor, praise you would think would be natural for me to talk about. Um, I actually, we went skiing a few weeks ago and I said to Jordan as we were skiing along, I said, oh, Phil's asked me to speak on praise as, as an occupant of the house. You would think that would come natural for me to speak on. And actually, it sort of took me a while to sort of say, how do I express to you um, how I feel about worship and praise. So I sat down one morning while we were skiing. I'd got a good excuse, got a bag neck, bag leg, you know, from falling over and everything else. And I just sat there for a few hours and it all just came flooding out. So I thank the Lord for that. So hopefully tonight, what I bring to you will not just be about praise um, on Sundays, but praise um, that we live every day of the, every day of the week. From being a baby, uh, I was born up in church, as many of you know, and um, praise and worship was just something that was natural to me on a Sunday. I left church for a while, and then as I got older, later into my 20s, and started listening to teaching, um, that said that, that praise and worship should be a lifestyle. I've always been a little bit of a late learner, you know, I, I sort of caught on after everybody else, but it took me years and years to realize that this isn't just something we do on a Sunday. Now, it's great when we come into God's house and we worship and we praise together. How awesome is that? Yeah. But that presence, that feeling that we get when we're in the house of God, why shouldn't we be living a life that we feel in God's presence, knowing God's presence, feeling that warmth of God with us every single day of our lives? So I want to talk to us tonight about praise as a lifestyle rather than just something that we do on Sundays. If you would turn in your Bibles, please, to Psalm 34, and we're going to read from verses 1 to 15. Now, you might not be able to follow it because I'm actually going to read it from the message, but I want you to put a marker in your Bible there because I'd like you to look at it when you go home tonight, through this week, um, just as you reflect on today, because I really did feel that this tonight, it's a very simple teaching on praise as a lifestyle. But I feel that, and I've already spoken to one lady this morning, that I really felt God saying that this could be a life-changing experience for us if we hear the word and we do it. God often asks us to change things in our lives that are the very simple things that we just don't see. So tonight is not complicated. I'm not going to give you a big theology lesson, but I am going to give you practical things that I know God has challenged me with, and it's helped me to be more, I'm not there yet, but to be more a person that sees praise in my life than, than not. So I want to help you tonight from my own experience. So reading from Psalm 34 and verse 1. I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with his praise. I live and breathe God. 
If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. Join me in spreading the news. Together, let's get the word out. God met me more than halfway. He freed me from my anxious fears. Look at him. Give him your warmest smile. Never hide your feelings from him. When I was desperate, I called out, and God got me out of a tight spot. God's angel sets up a circle of protection around us while we pray. Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens doors to all his goodness. Young lions on the prowl get hungry, but God seekers are full of God. Come children, listen closely. I'll give you a lesson in God worship. Who out there has a lust for life? Can't wait each day to come upon beauty. Then guard your tongue from profanity. No more lying through your teeth. Turn your back on sin and do something good. Embrace peace. Don't let it get away. God keeps an eye on his friends. His ears pick up to every moan and groan. That's a great version in the message, isn't it? So um, have a look at that Psalm 34 in the message. So I've just very briefly tonight got four points on living a life of praise. Simple things that we can put into practice to live a life of praise. So point one, and I all want you to say, point one. Okay. Point one is be thankful. Be thankful. If you're making notes, and I think it's important to make notes, put that on point number one, be thankful. First of all, if we are going to live a life of praise, we have got to see the good and not the bad. Verse 1 of Psalm 34 says, I will bless God every chance I got, I get. So I want to ask us this morning, this evening, and I'm asking myself as well, how thankful am I? How thankful are you in your everyday life? Is our life filled with seeing the good and not the bad? Is our mind overwhelmed each day with the horrible, bad things that are happening in our life? Or is our mind overwhelmed by God's goodness and God's grace and God's wonder in our life? A few years ago, well, actually, it's probably many, many years ago now, some good friends of of Chris and I's, um, their marriage broke down. They they split up. And when I spoke to the husband of the marriage and and said, you know, what went wrong? What he said to me was that, that his, his wife couldn't cope with being married. And what she couldn't cope with was just the everyday things of you wash your pots one day and then next day you've got another sink full of pots. You do your laundry one day and next day, guess what? You've got another full lot of laundry. You clean up one day and next day you've got another load of cleaning up to do. It's just life. But she couldn't see 
the good in the marriage and all she, and this is from his point of view, so I'm sure she may have a different story to tell. But from his perception, they had split up because she didn't want the responsibility of married life. Now, we're all going to have everyday things like pots and things, but how are we seeing that? God, thank you today that I've got a house. Thank you today that I've got some pots. Thank you today that I've got things to clean. I've got some furniture to sit on. How are we seeing it? Are we moaning and groaning about the things we've got? Or are we just saying, thank you, God, today that I've got a home? Chris and I have been on this journey. For most of you that that know us, we've, we've been building a house for two and a half years. And we are still in wonder. When we walk into our rooms, we're just so thankful to God because we still feel sometimes like it's a bit of a hotel, you know, because we've we've spent so many hours and hours. And I never want to lose that feeling of being thankful to God when I walk in the room. Thank you for our home. Thank you for this settee. Thank you. The everyday things that we need to see, the good and the bad, and we can take for granted, can't we? And we can moan and groan. So our first thoughts when we get up in the morning... Do they naturally go to, I've got that meeting, oh, I've got this, I've got that. Or is it, God, this is a new day. Thank you for this day. The Bible tells us to renew our mind daily. There's a reason for that. Because we can get bogged down and weighed down with the things of life. And every morning, how good to wake up and just start with, thank you, God, this is a new day. Recently, we, um, we've sold uh, our red Focus, and we're now down to one car. And we're going to have a go. You know, we're just doing a bit of budgeting, and we're going to have a go at trying to work with one car. Now, it can be a little bit taxing on certain days when we've all got to get to different places, how we work that round. But when you put it into context, and you could have a bit of a moan, oh, we've had two cars flipping neck, it's a nightmare, and Jordan needs this, and Chris needs that, and I've got to get there. And you can start to have a bit of a moan, simple things again that we can moan about. And you put it into the context of, if you have one car, you are in the top 3% of the world, and it makes you see it in a whole new light. Thank you that we've got a car. Not moaning and groaning that we've not, now not got two cars, but thank you, God, that we've got, we've got a car. So are we, in our everyday life, being thankful? Ask yourself that question. The next time you think about moaning about the simple things in life, thank God. Are we seeing the old thing, the glass half empty or half full? Joyce Meyer says, you can either be pitiful or powerful, but you can't be both. And in our days, let's not get up having a pity party about what we've got on in our day, but let's be powerful people because we have God with us. Amen? Okay, so point number two, and we all said point number two. Okay, keep trusting. So Julie, how can I be thankful? You don't know my life. You don't know the trouble I've seen. You don't know what is going on. How can I be thankful? Well, this is a key. To being thankful, to living a life of praise, we keep trusting. In verse 2 of Psalm 34, it says, I live and breathe God. That means that we share everything with God. In everything, we come to God. 
You know, we can be in church on Sunday. We can feel so full of God. We can feel so pumped up. We can stand on the front row. And I remember the days as a little girl singing, I surrender all. And I really meant it. And I'd get to school on a Monday and I'd get back with my friends and I wasn't surrendering all. But we need to live a life that just encompasses, has God in it, has God at the center of it. And that every single day... We are trusting the Lord. So, ladies, I think we're probably the worst at this. Um, so I'm going to talk to us now. When our husbands when we, have upset us, okay, and um, we can be a little bit, you know, um, I'm not going to do that, and I can forget that. And, and they say, uh, everything okay, love? Yeah, yeah, everything is fine. Come on, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. And we shrug it off. I'm not going to tell him how I'm feeling. He's got to work it out. I remember several years ago, Chris had forgotten our wedding anniversary. (laughs) 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 And, um, you know, I was sort of okay with it at first. And as the day went on, I sort of got a bit more grumpier and grumpier and grumpier. Instead of just saying to him, Darling, it's our wedding anniversary. I mean, why didn't I just say that to him? You know, I would probably do that now. But by the evening, we were walking around somewhere, and I think he saw some cards, and it suddenly twigged with him. (laughs) It was our wedding anniversary. But the, the point being that sometimes, you know, we try and just sort it out on ourselves. We have the grumps on. We have we get angry with God, and we don't come to God because of things that are happening in our life. And all God says was, you know, don't turn your back on me. Don't be grumpy with me. Come to me. I'm there for you. I want to help you. I want to be with you. Um, One of those great sayings, do we run when we've got a problem? Do we run to the phone or to the throne? Are we telling everybody around us what a bad life we've got, how terrible things are? Or are we going to God to help us? Some of the things that, just simple things that God wants to help us with. God, I'm struggling with paying all these bills. Help me. God, I don't know how to handle my son or my daughter. Please guide me. God, I can't stand this job I'm in. Show me what to do. But we don't do it. We don't often do it. So when we live and breathe God, we put our trust in God. If you're having a bad day at work, I've done this on many a time. You know, when you, you just, not in the context of the business I'm in now, but in my previous job, when I was really struggling with something, I would just go into the bathroom and I would shut the door and I would say, oh God, I need you. Just help me. Help me. Help me to trust in you. This job is driving me crazy, but help me to trust in you. I was in that job for around 20 years, actually. And uh, the last five of it, I knew very well that God was calling me to something else. I knew it. And so they can start to, for some of you that have got dreams and visions in your life and you don't see it happening, I want to encourage you tonight. Because we can get to a point where we become impatient. We know God's got something. We know that there's something more. But God has to form character in us. For those of you that were at the arena, we, we, we heard about that this morning. God needs to teach us lessons. God needs to show us it might not be the right timing. And we've just got to stick with it. 
So I determined that I was not going to get depressed and fed up about this job. I knew God was calling me to something else. And probably for around five years, it got to a point where I determined I would go into work and I would say, thank you, God, that I'm a day closer to leaving this job. I'd leave in an evening and I'd say, thank you, God, another day done. I'm closer to doing the dream that I know you've got for me. And that got me through. So just to encourage you with that, I would love to say that I've always done it. I would love to say that I've always trusted God. I've always come to him, run to the throne instead of the phone. But I haven't. When I was um, younger, um, I was around 17, 18, and um, I was in church life, and it came to that point where there were no boys in the church I was in. Or you can all say, ah, You can do better than that. There were no boys in the church I was in. <laughs> and um, they, they, we didn't go to any youth groups. Our church didn't sort of mix with any other church. So there was no context for me meeting a good Christian guy. What I should have done was stick with the church. But what I did was decided that I knew better. Julie Turner was going to go and find a man. All my friends were, were going out with guys. They were all starting to go out to pubs. We get to that age. They were all hooking up with guys. And I was the odd one out. And then I met someone. Now, um, that ended up in me marrying this guy. And it ended up in a very, very bad relationship. I used to um, get hit on a regular occasions. I remember one night um, actually running and locking myself in the bathroom because it was so bad um, that uh, I was scared. And he broke the bathroom door down and gave me a right good black eye and it was a horrible horrible time of my life now why do I tell you that one so you don't think I'm telling you this because I've got it all stitched up because there's been times guys I've failed and I'm telling you out of experience two to say that what I should have done was I would at a time in my life when I should have stayed in the house of God I could have probably saved myself seven years of pain if I'd have stuck in the house of God than what I did. I tried to work it out on my own. I tried to figure it out. And all God wanted was me to come to him. Within two months, this uh, husband, first husband, this wasn't Chris, by the way. Chris has never hit me. <laughs> Within two months, because this guy ended up having numerous women and it got horrendous in the end, so you don't need to know all of that. But within two months of me realizing, what have I done? I got, on, I got down on my knees one day in, in this house with this guy when it got just so bad. And I said, God, if you're there, help me. That was pretty much it. Within two months, seven years I've been out of church life now, within two months of praying that simple prayer and wanting to trust God, within two months I was back in the house of God and I was back on the right track. God wants to be involved in our everyday life. He wants to hear our prayers. We get impatient. We get that we don't trust God. And God says to us tonight, keep trusting. There may not be a dynamic answer to your prayer. 
you start coming to God on a regular daily basis and start laying these things that are in your life, you want to live a life of praise, whatever is stopping you doing that, there may not be an overnight answer, but you've got to trust the Lord because he will help you. I've just been reading a book by um, Bill Hybels um, called um, Hearing the Whisper, Listening to the Whisper, something like that. I'm not, I'm, I'm t- the Power of the Whisper. I'm terrible at remember book titles. Terrible, as you can see. Um, there may not be an overnight answer, but Bill Hybels in this book talks about a terrible, terrible season in his leadership um, and that the church was just falling apart. And so he got on his knees. He, he went home, he fasted and prayed and he, he just spent the whole night, he came home from work, he said to his wife, don't do me any tea tonight, I am just going to lay prostrate on the floor before God until God shows me what to do with this problem. So he locks himself in this room, he lays on the floor, he cries before God, God I need you, God help me, he cries and he calls out to God and he gets up The following morning, he's been in prayer nearly all night. And his wife says to him, Bill, what has God told you to do? And all God said to him was, keep going. Keep trusting. That was it. There was no dynamic, sudden change of anything other than his heart changed. His his actions changed to being not sure what to do, to say, God, I don't understand this. God, I don't know what's happening, but I am going to keep trusting you. Point three, and we all said, declare good things. Declare good things. So what is stopping us being thankful? What is stopping us trusting God? I want to start by just looking at everyday life. I, I believe in that every day makes up who we are and our character and what we do is formed in the everydays. So let's just look at the everydays. Uh, we did pick on the ladies a little bit earlier with the, with the grumpy, you know, moody thing. So let's pick on the fellas a bit. I really don't get road rage. I've got to be honest with you guys. And this is the men. Women, we don't do road rage, do we? If you do road rage and you're a woman, put your hand up. Oh, Glennis. <laughs> Wendy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'd just like to say, not every driver on the road speeds up when you overtake them. They just don't. Okay. <laughs> The amount of times we have road rage, I've been with my dad, I've been with Chris, I've been with Josh. Every time you overtake somebody, they're always speeding up. And we always have some in the car. Okay, and my dad, I can remember, he's not here, so I'm all right to say it, aren't I? I don't listen to podcasts. We'd be driving along. <laughs> We'd be, am I allowed to say this word? Oh, I don't know if I am. Okay, he'd be driving along and everybody was a plonker. He's <laughs> And I'm thinking, you know, we don't need to be saying things like that. But not only that, we can create an an atmosphere and attention just by the simple things in our lives. The other morning, last week was a particularly busy week. We We were busy all day and busy all night, every single night. 
And, and by about, I don't know, it was Wednesday or Thursday, and I was really tired. <laughs> I was really tired. Now, Chris and I get up early because he starts work at 7 o'clock. So I'm up early, and Chris has just gone to work, and I thought, oh, I need a cup of tea. I'm going to sit down with the Lord, and I'm going to have my cup of tea and pull myself together because I was tired. I went to the fridge. I pulled the fridge open. I get the milk out, and somebody has knocked the cream over in the fridge, not picked it up, and cream starts just pouring out everywhere. You know, it's like 20 to 7 in the morning, there's cream. (laughs) (laughs) There's cream pouring all down. Now, I, I, I I was a good girl. I didn't curse, I didn't moan, I didn't do anything. I just cleaned it up. Goes over, puts the kettle on. So about half an hour later, Josh is getting up, about five past seven. Josh is in the shower. I turn round, second cup of tea by now, and there's water pouring down wall. <laughs> Josh is in the shower upstairs. Chris and I built most of this house, which is probably why we've got <laughs> little leaks here and there. And there's water coming down the wall, just there and then. I thought, oh, my word. Now, the thing is, why do I tell you that? Some of these simple things in life can put us in such a bad mood before we've even got out the door, can't they? And, and I had a choice there and then. Do I moan? Oh, it's one of them days. It's going to be one of them days. I can't believe this is happening to me. How many of us say that? I can't believe, like it should happen to everybody else, but not me. I can't believe this is happening to me. Why do bad things always happen to me? Or, flipping heck, am I going to have a word with my family when they get home tonight? You know, we've all done it, haven't we? I would like, now you're all thinking, what did I say on that morning, aren't you? You're all thinking, I'd like to say I passed the test that morning, but not every morning would I pass the test. But that's just the simple things I'm talking about. We need to declare the good things and not let the little things get to us. But what about the more difficult things? It's okay me making jokes about me pouring cream down the fridge. It's not quite as significant as... um, being made redundant, a marriage breakdown, a family relationship that is just going south, a finance issue. How are we seeing those and what are we declaring over them? I hate my job. Things will never change. I'm just one of those unlucky people. It always happens to me. I'll never have any money. What are we declaring? What about changing what we declare? Because I do feel this is important. If life, if our lifestyle is full of praise, declaration is an important part of it. What about changing it to what Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says? For I know the thoughts and plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to bless you and prosper you, to give you a hope, and a future. We don't always see it. We don't always see it. And I'm not talking to you tonight because, you know, I can sort of very uh, casually say these things. You know, I've been through some things. I understand when things are difficult, it's hard to praise. But God knows that in praising, in giving him the glory and the honor, that if we come to him, he can help us. He can work with us. God wants to love us. He wants to care for us. But when we turn our back on him, when we declare bad things, when we declare the things over our life that aren't good, God, we are shutting him out. We are saying that God can't look after us. We're saying 
saying that God's not in control of this situation. And God is in control of every situation, whether you see it or not. Whether you see it or not. I heard Paul Scanlon say that what we declare with our mouth, we walk into. As a woman, you spray... This is how the experts do it. I don't do it like that. When I do it. But if you if you spray in your perfume, what you're supposed to do, ladies, apparently, is spray it into the atmosphere and walk into it. In the same way, our words, we speak them out and then we walk into them. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What are we declaring what are we saying? And finally, point number four. Do something good. Do something good. If we want to live a life full of praise, it is not about me. It's not about me. It's got to be a life where we are determined to do something good. Verse 13 and 14 of Psalm 34, David tells us to keep our tongue from speaking evil, turn your back on sin and, and we all said, and do something good. We can choose in our daily lives to speak words of encouragement, of affirmation, or we can choose to speak words that harm or bring people down. It's a choice. It's a daily choice. We have got to decide we're going to bring words of encouragement. The Bible tells us that every time, every time, not just occasionally, every time we criticize other people, we condemn ourselves. That blew my mind when I read that. Every time I say something negative about anybody else, I'm harming me. So what about the opposite then? Every time I speak good things about other people, every time I encourage someone else, who am I helping? Them and me. Do something good. Proverbs 11 and verse 17 says to us, when you are kind to others, you help yourself. When you are kind to others. So I want to encourage you today, if you are having a bad day, do something good for someone else. If you are feeling that nobody knows the trouble I've seen, do something good for someone else. And it's surprising what a difference it makes. Encourage someone else who's having a bad time. What about sending them a text because you know they're struggling? What about helping an older person with their shopping at Tesco? What about, I family think I'm crazy when I do that. We went on the underground in London and um, I was picking the rubbish up. And I just got this thing about, well, this is messy and somebody's left it. And I started tidying the stuff up on the underground. I mean, you just don't do it, do you? I decided I would just, And going in clothes shops, how annoying is it when people walk on clothes and just walk, and they just don't pick them up? So I try and be a good person, and I pick them up, and I hang them up, or I pick them up, and I put them on the side. 
And I think because as a man sows, so shall he reap. If I do that in my business, perhaps somebody else will, uh, in their business, perhaps somebody will do it in my business. But guys, we've got to start doing the little things, putting your trolley bag, you know, so it doesn't bang somebody else's car in the supermarket. (laughs) Doing the little stuff is important. And all these little things are, will make us into a person full of character that God wants us to be. So when you are kind to others, you help yourself. Just in very, very conclusion, I know the time, the time is now gone. I have got my journal here, and uh, I, I journal most days. And in here, I have written significant days in my life, significant dates for me to remember, just a few off the top of uh, from the beginning of the list. Born 7-2-64. For those of you that are trying to now work that out, I'm 47. Uh, no problem with that. Um, 30th of October, 1988. 30th of October, Chris. We got married. <laughs> 24th of April, 1989. Joshua was born. 20th of July, 1991. Jordan was born. November, 2001. Joined Ilkeston Church. June, 2002. Started leading worship at Ilkeston Church. January, 2006, left old job, started a business. And so it could go on. The reason I am telling you that is there are probably about 20 dates there out of my 47 years of life that are significant dates. Why do I tell you that? Because so many of us can live for the next big event. We're always looking forward to the holiday the Christmas, the family thing, when I get my promotion, when I get a baby, when I get married. And God says, there's only a few of those days. Don't waste your life looking for the next big thing. Focus on every day living a life of praise. How do we do that, guys? We are thankful. We keep trusting We declare good things and we do something good. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. That was a great conclusion to um, what we're doing. And we're going to sing just to close the meeting. We can have a great praise song, guys, just to finish off. Um, And... uh, um, and we just want to really raise the roof, not 